Welcome to the meeting after the meeting. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TMATM Pod. Now, let's start the show. Let's introduce the cast so you know who we are. Hey, family. LaFerrin here, coming from the great state of North Carolina. Hey, y'all. This is David from Florida. Hey, everybody. I'm Brian Johnson from Birmingham, Alabama. Hey, everybody. Curtis Dugar out of East Strasburg, Pennsylvania. Hello, everyone. This is Bobby coming from Raleigh, North Carolina. Hey, friends. It's Kiana coming from Chicago. And this is Antonio from Houston. This is the meeting after the meeting. Curtis Dugar uh, hosting Black Male Circle Part 2. Uh, I'm joined by uh, some really dear friends, uh, Mr. Olin Garrett, Mr. Edwin Darrell, uh, here to chat about um, um, what we believe is a very important topic, uh, not only in higher ed, uh, in, within our society, but um, as we think about the work that we're doing right now, preparing for a very busy and challenging um, res life season, um, the preparation for our staffs as we welcome back our students to campus. but. Uh, before that, I just want to take a quick second to, uh, again, thank uh, my colleagues with uh, the meeting after the meeting for allowing me to do a part two um, with, uh, for this circle. Um, bringing these brothers together to have these conversations is important, uh, and knowing that we've created a platform to have some intentional dialogue is, is uh, significant. So thanks to my colleagues and also to sponsors. Um, and uh, with that, Olin, you want to go ahead and start it off? Yeah. Hey, everybody. Olin Garrett. Uh, I work currently at Temple University, uh, have been in the game now. This is the start of year number 21. Um, and it has been a, a amazing journey, uh, all in housing and residence life. Uh, and I'm just happy to be able to be here uh, 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 with my colleagues and with my brethren. Again, thanks, thanks for the invite, Brother Dugar. Uh, definitely a follower of the meeting after the meeting. Um, but Edwin Darrell here from Florida State University, uh, Director of Residential Student Experience. Um, and I'll just do a quick shout out to the brother is also in law school right now. So uh, the, the, shoulder, the shoulders are heavy, but I mean, the journey continues. The journey continues. Um, it's to be a familiar conversation. And uh, just to, uh, again, a reminder, Curtis Dugar, I'm uh, currently serving as the Director for Residential and Dining Services at East Strasburg, also in that doc life. So uh, uh, year year three, almost done, trying to push it. So, so let's check in real quick. So uh, what's, what's, what's giving our life? How y'all doing? Uh, I'm doing good. I mean, I think the, the life giving is, you know, the excitement of we had some turnover. And so we're getting some new, fresh perspective um, from our new hires. Um, families giving me life right now. Um, and I think right about now, the Pistons should have selected Kay Cunningham with the number one. <laughs> I'm hoping there's a Detroit basketball return here. Next. Hopefully this coming season, you never know what one player can do for your team. So um, I'm also enjoying the Olympics. And even though it's not the Rio Olympics, um, I, I just enjoy watching those athletes like accomplishing what they dreamed of for, I mean, many of them in their entire lifetime. I think the guy that just won the 100 meter free, like they did like 
how it started and what it is now. Two-year-old in the pool with the, the wings on and then get that gold medal. I mean, nothing better than that. I mean, that's, I mean, I probably sold some emotion that also has been criticized in the media lately um, mm -hmm. watching the Olympics. So that's what's giving me life right now, brothers. I'm with you on the Olympics. The The Olympics have been a lot of late nights and early mornings uh, on that Japan time, understanding uh, all the live events, the beach volleyball, the swimming in particular. Um, and the Olympics are always cool for me because it's always good at four years to be able to see all the sports that you like. Oh, somebody thought this could be a sport and actually play it and play it competitively, but you never see it. You never see it any other time of the year. So it's always kind of a little bit of a, of a, of a, um, fantastic kind of tune-in moment for me. Um, you know, I, my, my professional life right now gives me a little bit of life because I've been navigating this interim appointment for the last several months um, where I've been able to learn not just the rest of university housing and res life. I, you know, I started as a director of res life and now I'm kind of working with IT and finance and facilities. Um, as well as learning more about student centers. So that's given me a lot of, of, of a learning curve to be able to navigate. Um, uh, and I really, really enjoy that. Um, I am enjoying still being happily newly wedded, um, uh, having gotten married six months ago. Uh, we're now about six, seven months in. So um, that is doing great. And I just, um, and my wife and I just had uh, uh, a sixth grandson uh last week and so thank you thank you so her oldest had um uh, named crew uh and we're really excited to have him around so um so those are the things that give me life right now that's great that's great yeah, oh. yeah you know uh kind of piggybacking both of you all I, I think what's giving me life is um there is not a shortage of um opportunity on our campus here at East Strasburg, you know, mm -hmm. right to, you know, even during challenge uh, for us to, you know, think about how we can advance. So, you know, mm -hmm. we're uh, two new residential college programs this fall. And so that's good work with uh, our faculty colleagues. So that's, you know, a collection of daily calls about, hey, this is going on. How do we do this? And, and it's, it's energizing. Um, that's really cool. Um, I am a part of two major, uh, you know, projects that are moving forward pretty quickly. We uh, scheduled to break ground on our new student center uh, in the spring. So with me overseeing services, there's a lot of conversations about um, all of our facilities in that, in that new structure. That's given me life. So, you know, let's talk about something that I think is, is, is hot on hot on the presses right now. Um, and, you know, all reference the Olympics. Um, I want to get you all's thoughts and takes, Miss um, Simone Biles, you know, this um, supreme Olympian, you know, she's highly decorated um, on multiple stages. Um, and, you know, this week we saw her do something super courageous and, and mm -hmm. model model prioritizing herself and her well-being in a way for everyone to see and hopefully learn from and that was you know her announcement to you know to, to put her mental health uh before 
um, what was being asked of her uh, mentally and physically. And, and I think that was pretty amazing. Just wanted to, you know, get your thoughts on that as we kind of open up this, 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 this dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll even take it one step further. I mean, she, she did that for the team as well, because I mean, obviously with all her stardom, she's the center of attention. Um, so really her taking a step back allowed, I mean, the team to shine. Now, obviously they, they didn't get a gold. They would have gotten a gold with Simone, but I mean, they did shine with, without her and she, she understood that. And she, I mean, I think she was a true leader. She stood back mm-hmm. and supported the team. She stayed there and supported them. She even supported the competitors, the Russian, the RLC team as well too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that does speak very highly to, I believe she's 24. Um, and obviously she has, she's had to mature a lot quicker than most. Um, and I think, that's going to be a turning point for not only black women, but I think for um, many people of color to really take ownership of their well-being. Um, so I, I think the one gift or meme that I saw is about um, what she did was being a team player, but you can't get vaccinated um, and be a team player. So, I mean, I think it's having like ripple effects in many different avenues. I mean, talk about the pandemic or vaccinations, but really I think in the the black community, what it means to prioritize stardom and fame versus your mental health, because how many of these cats, man, man, they they will sacrifice their mental health to drop a 40 point game or Mm -hmm. whatever the sport may be, so. I mean, she might be the turning point for a, a lot more athletes. I mean, I'm primarily concerned with our people of color, but I mean, white athletes across the board to really take a stance and not really think about the dollar because she's probably losing out on some dollars as well for not competing in mm-hmm. all the, the uh, events that she could have competed in. So, I mean, yes, I have mad respect for Queen Simone Biles. I, I do too. And, and, you know, Edwin, you said something that, that I don't think we can underscore enough. And that is that she had both the selflessness to say, this isn't for me, but also the foresight to say, if I continue to do this, I will harm my team. And we have to think about how difficult that is sometimes to be, sometimes to be a leader of an organization and to know that the, that a lot of people are looking at you to be successful and, and looking at you to be able to succeed and looking at you to be able to drive the boat. And what happens when you realize you may not be the person right now that needs to be the person that drives. You, if you continue going, you may harm the team more than you help the team. That is a really, really important detail. You know, we, we have been taught, and it's a, it, it, it changes the whole paradigm. We have been taught to push. Without a doubt. We have been taught to push, to keep moving, to always have your eye on the prize, to knock out through everything, through anything and everything that comes at you. You know, one day I I, I look back to me being in grad school the first time doing my doctorate and life got too great. And I was talking to my mother and my mother said, I was telling my mother was going, my mother said, okay, push harder. Like that was the paradigm. I think this is a real turning point for us in how we think about how we take care of ourselves and how we move forward because we are at a point and we've seen this all along the way over the last year. And this is just the, the most visible and salient moment of we can't keep pushing like that anymore. 
vulnerability and honesty about where we are and where we're going dictates that sometimes we have to say, I can't do this. I'm not the one to do this. I need to preserve this because if I don't, I can hurt myself. I can hurt others. This could not be a positive situation. So I think there's a lot of, of admiration for me for what Simone did. And I think there's a lot of lessons about how we navigate this in our daily, daily lives. There's lots of lessons here. What I appreciate from what Simone Biles did, and I really, her press conference, right? I mm-hmm. think, and, and this week was a, was a strong week for very intentional um, press conferences where language very um, uh, spirited and, and very direct. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about Simone Biles and I'm Aaron Rodgers. Even though he's a Packer, I'm a Bears fan. Whole different conversation, right? <laughs> you see, I'm wearing the Bears shirts, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, her press conference was so direct. She did not hide her 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 feelings yeah her right. her approach to where she wasn't and she was able to articulate how she was thinking about and feeling about her well-being and and why she made the decision to do what she needed to do in the moment and how it impacted the folks around her her teammates mm-hmm. right and i think that was so powerful so when you talk about you know, that role modeling, um, her teammates were able to rally around that, regardless of the outcome, knowing that this, 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 this woman, teammate, you know, had the wherewithal to do what was best, not only for her, but for all of them. And then everyone had an opportunity to step up, regardless of, again, regardless of the outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, you know, when we talk about courage, you know, uh, there were a couple of, you know, videos out there that really, try to, you know, aim and take shot at, you know, this notion of courage and representation and all these type of things. I think she modeled this level of courage that I think we all need personal, you know, introspection or, you know, some, some real deep um, uh, investing of, you know, where, how, how we define courage and how does our courage impact the will of others, right? Because mm-hmm. I think able to do folks who are who are her fans, but also who are cheering on, you know, the USA in this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting to see some of the critics too and the demographics of the critics of her basically saying that she gave up. Um, and there was a, a specific demographic that it's just kind of been really prevalent over the last year and a half with the pandemic that, I mean, it wasn't a surprise, but it was that in this moment that you call yourself a patriot or um, having a patriot for your country. But in this moment, you couldn't find yourself to support someone that, again, you said the word. It took a lot of courage for her to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So really thinking about like how systemically we basically, are in society, we've created the monster of performance. Um, and, and then even in the black community, you talk about like your grandmother telling you to push forward. Um, oh, and I mean, mm-hmm. some of it's self-created within our communities, but systemically mm-hmm. um, we've created the larger monster. Mm-hmm. The other piece I think we've got to pick up here I, as part of this also, as we, as we talk about 
Simone demonstrating courage. We also talk about the idea that Simone was able to demonstrate courage knowing that she had faith in her team, that she knew her team and that she knew their capabilities. And because she knew her team and her capabilities, she knew that they could ascend with a little bit of uh, encouragement in the form of, hey, we got a little bit of pressure because now you're kind of a person down. I get it. But at the same time, they stepped up to the plate. And we have to think about that as we go through our work every day. How many times have we gotten into places and gotten into situations where we have sometimes found it easier to put everything on our back instead of saying the better thing to do, maybe the harder road, but the better thing to do is to rely on our team to be able to be successful in doing what we need to do. Yeah, and with that too, so what if you don't have that strong team? Do you say at five o'clock, okay, I got to leave this alone. I can't put, I can't work till eight o'clock every single night because I don't have a team member that can pick up, um, pick up the baton and keep going. So yeah, and I think that's where the burnout starts to happen when mm-hmm. you don't have a strong team and some of that might be on you in the development or if you are a micromanager where you have to have a hand in every single thing in your organization. I mean, once you get to places where, I mean, you have housing and dining, um, you have student centers. I mean, you mm-hmm. cannot be a micromanager, no matter how much you want to have your footprint or fingerprint on every single part of the organization. It, it will be the death of you. Mm-hmm. No question. The other piece that kind of comes to mind too is this, the notion of sacrifice. You know, like I, I think mm-hmm. we're we're starting to see people define the impact of what it means to sacrifice and what is the true cost of doing more than what you need to do uh, and putting yourself in a situation where uh, you're gonna harm yourself by over committing and choosing to do something that mentally, spiritually, you don't have the ability to do. It's interesting that you say that. One of the things that I think about, you know, kind of tied to the larger conversation, what have we learned as we are older? One of the things that I've learned about being older and now being more seasoned is that uh, in any given day, the most important decisions that I make are when I do and do not need to be involved in something. Right, right. <laughs> you know? Taking a step back and just, hey. <laughs> right, you, you know, you know and, and it's not just a simple of protection of time. It's, do you really need to be the one making this decision or, you know, or are you empowering others to be able to make those decisions understanding uh, with an understanding of what you expect as they go through and navigate those processes about how we make them. Um, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a really big challenge. If Simone Biles could go out and just do everything left and right, there would be no need for Suni Lee and, and Jordan Childs and all those other folks, right? Same thing in our jobs. Like if, if we are the ones that are making, we have teams to rely on to be able to make those calls. If we are not in a position to rely on them to make those calls, then number one, what is it about our leadership that is impacting the ability of the organization to be successful? And flip side, what is it about our team members and why are they there if we have to make decisions for them all the time? The irony is that two successful Black women, Naomi, obviously Black and uh, Asian mixed, are where the, I mean, it took two Black women to really start this uh, movement to really put yourself first. I mean, 
again, Naomi took a lot of criticism as well. She sure did. Coming out. And again, I think a lot of, again, a certain demographic focused on, well, she's going to lose out on this sponsorship. And her sponsors, especially Nike, stuck with her. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it, I think it's really, that's a great example of leadership. Like, uh, yes, no dollars. I mean, I need to take care of myself. And then when she did that, her organization took care of her, her people took care of her. So that's I think right. as leaders, we need to do the same thing. Like if we need to make a tough decision or if we need to take a step back, knowing that you have a great team around you, um, I think should give you confidence in making that decision. That's right. Absolutely. One of the very focus right now is, you know, for us and, 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 and for those listening, you know, how are we, you know, really embracing the challenge of being strong role models for um, mentally well beings around us, you know, colleagues, peers, um, while also ensuring our, we ourselves are ensuring that we're in the best place mentally to serve, to lead, uh, to be members of our communities. You know, what are some of the things that, you know, as we aspire to have healthy organizations, to have, you know, very competent student leadership groups, student, you know, learning environments, all these things. Um, what are some of those hurdles that we think we know um, can, 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 can hinder our abilities to foster these types of environments? I mean, there are a couple of simple things that come to mind. I mean, especially this like bore itself out because I mean, I think most of you all probably, I mean, housing was the one department that was continuing to work mm-hmm. uh, throughout the pandemic. But even more recently, like when you are sick, you need to go home. I mean, you don't accrue sick days for the fun of it. Um, and I think that's something that as leaders, we need to role model because if you don't, you're going to have that one team member. Oh, if Owen's going to be here through a, a migraine, um, the sniffles, a backache, can barely walk down the hallway, then I need to be here too. And then that's setting not only your team up for failure, but yourself as well. Um, so I think just role modeling some of those simple practices that um, we take for granted. I mean, that's why universities, we have some of those great benefits as well that we can take advantage of that. Um, including some of the counseling opportunities as well too, mental health opportunities to um, talk to someone about, it could be simple concerns, it could be about relationships that are impacting the work that you do. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think two, that, those two come to mind really quickly is like the role modeling that you do when it comes to your physical health and mental health. Yeah. We, we, I think sometimes that we are looking for, now that we're in this pandemic, coming out the other side, we understand this issue, we're looking for innovative and, and very, and very novel ways of doing things. If anything, this pandemic was a return to reevaluate and go back to basics, uh, right? Some basic uh-huh. things. Be clear about the expectations you have why you have them and how people can meet them. Like help people understand that. Be honest about what those expectations are. If we're all thinking we're going straight back to pre-pandemic, pre-expectation, we probably are setting ourselves up to fail (laughs) because the reality of the matter, yeah, the reality of the matter is, you know, it's tough for all of us to navigate that. And 
we have to be honest about saying during the pandemic, we figured out how to do all this stuff differently. Right. So if we figured out how to do all this stuff differently, then we have the power to say, let's figure out what we learned and let's figure out how what we learned can impact us moving forward. So communication. Number two, encourage people to take vacation time. You know, pre-pandemic, we would hem and like I could the number of people would hem and haw when somebody says, Hey, I want to take a vacation day. Well, what you want to take a vacation for? Man, there's a lot going on. You don't need a reason to take vacation time. It is afforded to us. Right. Exactly. I don't don't even need to know. The only thing, the only thing I need to know when I'm looking at vacation time is is the place covered. If I got enough people to cover it, have fun. See you. Right. We have to normalize. I'm with I'm with that one on this. We have to normalize the use of vacation time, the use of sick leave. We also have to be a little bit more flexible about scheduling. If you know, be go back to the basics. Somebody's done a late night, give them a little bit later the next day. You know, if 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 we can't do it, we figure out how to give it to them down the road. And I'm not necessarily come to them, but I'm saying we are human beings and our bodies need that recovery time period. That's just the natural tendency. So let's do that. Okay. We also, I think we also have to be honest as leaders and, and be vulnerable about when we are at our best and when we are not at our best and be able to communicate that and say, I may not be able to do this today. Here's my priority for today. I'll do this tomorrow. Or I need to go on vacation. This person's got it. And he can make, he or she or Z can make decisions in my absence. Go. Okay, we have to be able to do that. Understanding that the phone, you know, cell phones is probably the most challenging thing that ever became of a student affairs person, because now you're attended at the hip and they call you. But the, but it's basic. It's a return to some basic things about self-care and self-awareness that we have to be able to navigate in order to be successful. And it's more important now than ever. Yeah. And that's one other thing I'll add to um, before you jump in, Curtis, mm-hmm. is that I think I've been more intentional about checking in with like my associates or my number twos. Absolutely. Um, it's not just about work. Both of my um, associates, one's in the MBA program, one's in the doc program. So it's really intentional about checking in on that, checking in on the family, um, because yeah. that's the part about the pandemic that a lot of people really went back to is that realizing that I didn't see my parents. I used to see my parents every three to four months pre-pandemic. Right. I mean, it was almost 10 months before I saw my family and I broke all the rules because I just, I mean, that was just me personally, but really reevaluating like your priorities in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Make sure you have, you go work for leadership that supports that because when you have leadership that don't support that, that might um, mean you might not be in the right um, environment because if you're mm-hmm. leaving support it, you're going to be, there's going to be a tension there um, because yes. you're going to follow what the leadership's doing or you're going to do what's best for your, for your team that you're leading. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, is, were, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was going to say this, this, this gave me a lot of life. Man, because I, I think that, um, you know, these are gems that I, about, you know, not only aspiring leaders, you know, our entry-level mid-manager folks, but then folks who are thinking about higher level next step move, you know, that, that, that emotional and, and mental stability piece when we talk about competency development, like that's, that's huge. And we're, and we're talking about basic things that add to 
um, our abilities to function at high high levels and for us to be build, building um, connections and bridges with folks that allow for us to do our work. Um, this is, this is some, some transformational stuff. Go ahead, Ola. No, I was going to say, and, and to that uh, to that point, let, let's back up for a moment to Simone for a minute. Let's think a little bit about the environment that Simone has had to navigate um, both through training and at the tournament, right? Consistently having to train, having to train, having to train. You get to an environment where you're in Tokyo, you have to be inside your room. You, you pretty much, if you're not in your room, you're at the venue. If you're in your, not at the venue, you're in your room. You've had no support in terms of your family being on site or other people or even the roar of a crowd to be able to, you know, give you some sort of mental, um, you know, mental support, mental support, you know, you understand environment, right? There is something to the type of environment you have is really important. So it just underscores the importance of, of us needing others and needing community and connection um, as a part of our mental health and mental well-being and that we need to, to, to take the opportunity to take care of those connections, both, both professionally and personally. You know, the best thing, you know, everyone talked about connecting with friends for the first time in a year. The best thing that could have ever happen to me in this pandemic is family doing family and cousins doing regular Zooms every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it, you know, just to be able to see each other and talk to each other about what's going on. Otherwise, I, I think it would have been, it would have been crazy. You know, I empathize with the, 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 the time away from family. I mean, for me, it was longer extended period of time away from uh, family and loved ones. I love the notion of um, reevaluating priorities. And I think that's not only organizationally, but personally, you know, and mm-hmm. we talked about, you know, and, and Olin, I know we had a number of conversations about this, but, you know, mm-hmm. Part of, you know, struggle with, um, um, you know, a mental, you know, uh, uh, challenges is, you know, I think from an organizational standpoint, you know, are we, are we really thinking about our priorities in a way where our team has the ability to grow with them and also for us to grow with our team to mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally expand as we are looking to grow and are we assessing, might be missing the mark and ensuring that our talent is able to really flex its muscles in those moments. I think that's a cultural institutions have, and that's why we see the, the wrong type of, we lose talent because we're not really thinking about where our people are mentally and emotionally when, when we're trying to grow in advance. So I, I really dug that brought out as well. Absolutely. Uh, just reminded me that we, um, we finished up some interviews last week and a candidate asked, um, what, what is it you're looking for? What can I be doing right now to be the best candidate for the, the exposition? And they listed off a bunch of things that they've already been doing and things outside of their current position that they're in. Mm-hmm. I said, listen, if you want to be the, a great um, university housing professional at Florida State University, I need you to be the best coordinator of your building that you can be. I don't need you to worry about welcome week. I don't need you to worry about the diversity committee. I don't need you to worry about trying to apply for grad school again once you get here. I need you to be the best coordinator. That's what I'm hiring for. So that's what I need for you to, um, and I think we as leaders have set this up in professionals' minds. Um, And again, this is year 22 for me. um, And I can remember directors, assistant directors, associate directors saying, you need to do all this, this, and this, or you're not going to make it in the game. Mm-hmm. So I think we as leaders need to 
like reevaluate the expectations we are putting on um, professionals um, because again, they come in then expecting that they need to go 100 the whole time. Yes, I expect you to go 100 during move in, um, but then we, we have downtime, you have vacation days, we give you some flex time so that you can do that, but it's up to us as leaders to both role model it, I think you said that earlier, Olin, mm -hmm. um, and practice it as well too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, not and it goes beyond just reminding people that you don't have to do everything in your first year. It's now you don't necessarily have to do everything in your time here. Your job, it, you know, help people understand it's a role player position, right? <laughs> and that job in and of itself has become more complex and more and, and more challenging in our time. So it really is about helping people understand. I'm with you. The scope of the responsibility they have. And then saying, okay, you now understand the scope. Let's let's work on where you really want to be. Let's be more thoughtful about where we are in our careers. So the things that we can do to support people and understand that and be successful at it, I think are really important. Because people yeah, are coming out here, people are coming out here right now and they're like, I want to have impact on this department. I want to know the director want to go and I want to be right there on that. And if you're not letting me do that, it's like, wait a minute, what wait, 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 wait. what do you mean I can't do that? Hmm? never thinking that maybe that's not what we wanted you to do. And we sometimes unintentionally reinforce that as you've talked about. So yes, no pump, question. Pump the brakes, pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. You don't have to be a VP tomorrow. <laughs> I like what you said. Like you don't necessarily have to do all the things here. Damn, that, that's a nugget, Olin. That is a nugget. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, folks, um, I mean, I, 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 I think, you know, we, we knocked it out the park. Let's, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, parting shots. Olin, what you got for the people? Ooh, we. Uh, <laughs> best parting shot I have right now is, is give yourself a chance to breathe. It, you know, there, this will, the job will come at you. Professional will come at you. Life will come at you. Give yourself a chance to breathe. And give yourself some grace because the reality of the matter is it, it, it will not get solved overnight. You know, we didn't get into this pandemic overnight. We didn't get into these challenges overnight. It will take us exponentially longer to get out of them. So, so settle in and give yourself some grace. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate that. And kind of similarly, I mean, again, you're not going to solve all the problems on the first five days of move in. So no, learn how to goal set, learn how to That's right. be a visionary. Um, even if it's a live-in position or your assistant director, your coordinator, um, you need to start practicing that now. Um, I, I wish someone would have flipped the script for me instead of go 100 all the time, be more intentional about the pieces that I am involved in. Um, and so I, I would say as, I mean, it's regional, but like here in Florida, I mean, we're like full 100 with welcome events, concerts. So I think being excited and energized to engage students once again, but also be mindful of where your limitations or boundaries are. Um, and I think, I don't know who said this, it was Curtis or Olin, but you need to communicate with your supervisor. I mean, that's number one. 
Don't just take things into your own hands. Communicate with your supervisor, both your limitations and boundaries and what your capacity is um, to be a successful professional. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we wrap, you know, just a just a thought um, kind of sticking with the metaphor. Um, and, and again, with Simone Biles and, and just this Olympic theme, um, you know, I think about you know, the platform that she has and, and as leaders of our respective programs, you know, we, we have the ability to bring off this, 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 this transcendent talent to the mat. Right. And, and, you know, we recruit and we're, you know, lucky to be able to bring some phenomenal folks to, to, to our, to our communities and to our teams. And, and they're, they're at the mat, they're ready to go. They, they are ready to perform and do these amazing things. And, you know, the one thing that I think this experience, you know, encourages me to, you know, continue to push with my staff team is, is even though you're at the mat, it, this is a great opportunity to really, you know, to your left and to your right with the folks that's around you who have experience and, and, and have um, a, a level of understanding with regards to the work, uh, to not be so quick to jump on the mat and really take advantage of the experience and and the and, and, and the and the knowledge and the wisdom from the folks around you so that way you're sharpening your tools when it's time for you to to, to hit the mat and, and, and perform your bios, right? Like to really be confident and ready, but also know that your competencies are sharp. So that way when it's time for you to uh, really flex your muscles and do some things that's not only going to be beneficial to your students and your staff, but also for your organization and even for the field uh, in a way that truly aligns with what you're passionate about, because we want you to be ready um, and, 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 and committed, but at the same time excited, knowing that you're fully you know, competent in, in what you're able to do. So, so with that, fellas, thanks again for joining uh, the meeting after the meeting. Um, it, w- it was really great to have you all on. And uh, with that, for the folks listening, thanks again for checking out this this Blackmail Circle. And we hope that you enjoyed this two-part series. Looking forward to uh, connecting with you all with our next episodes.